0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, August 6, 2015. You guys are listening to episode 220. This December will be five years I'm doing this show. Um, Thank you for listening. I am here. I have a special 220. I am here with a a special guest. Uh, I've worked with her now for, I'd say, maybe the past two or three years, uh, you know, seen her around the city. I think the first time I met you was at Comics.
1: Yeah. Comics. Yeah. But
0: uh, I am here with Rachel Feinstein. I don't understand how people fuck that up. And yeah. I, right? People mess your name up a lot. And it's really kind of like one. I look at it like this it's one of the two, and once you get it right, just fucking get it right. <laughs>
1: I don't care at all though. I feel like either way it's like it's such a heinous name, so it's like what's the difference? Feinstein, Feinstein's just this brow beating
0: of jewelry. No.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it I don't think it's a heinous name, but it is very Jewish.
1: But there's another Rachel Feinstein and I always get mixed up with her. She's a famous sculptor and oh, she has okay. like, a real classy, fancy life. And um <laughs> and like she's like Mark Jacobs' muse and and he like designs things and like based on her. She's and fine.
0: Feinstein. She's Feinstein, you're Feinstein. But they're
1: spelled the same way. And so every once in a while, I'll get like an offer to do something, and then I get like a soft retraction because we find out it's for the classy Rachel Feinstein. And uh, I call for it like a dunce every hilarious. time. Like, my manager called me and he was like, So apparently they want to like profile you in Vogue. They like your fashion choices. And of course, it doesn't even occur to me. I'm such an asshole. I'm like, Really? Wow, Massibo Coup. <laughs> I shop at Forever 21, but that's very nice to hear. Uh, and then I got a second call. They're like, ooh, it looks like uh, they don't want to profile your fashion choices. They were like, oh, that's,
0: yeah. That's hilarious.
1: A few times I've bragged about things like, like, yeah, it looks like Vanity Fair wants to do a story on I me. Mean, no, it's a so then, <laughs> then I get the second yeah, like call, that. like, no, we're not interested at all. That's um, but... Yeah, sometimes I, one time I called my mom and she goes, I think this might be for the other one. Like, she could tell. She knew it was too classy for me. Yeah, that's she knew great. it was too classy. Yeah, she's uh, like, why don't you double-check that?
0: That's hilarious. And she was right. So that's who I'm sitting here with, um, the hilarious. I, You know you're, you're, you know how. Your characters and Act Outs are fucking hilarious. You're hilarious, and uh, it's going to be a, a real fun. We're actually sitting here in the green room at Levity Live in West Nyack. You guys have listened to the show. You know this is one of my favorite clubs in the country. When I'm not in the city, Levity Live is a home to me. Uh, I was here two weeks ago. I'm here again, and we're gonna have a good time. It's just a, a two man show. And this place is off the hook. There's yeah. blowing hookers everywhere. Paul. Um, there's meatballs and fucking <laughs> there's, there's sauce on the wall. It's fucking <laughs> getting crazy in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna talk to uh, I'm gonna talk to Rachel about a bunch of stuff. First, I want to just uh, shout out to the um, sponsors. Versi Effect Podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in depth interviews with your favorite. Comedians of Today, run by um, funny up-and-coming comedian Dave Gavry out in Chicago, so check out gonzofame.com. Also, anybody out there going through a lot of debt, bankruptcy, divorce, go to brookingsmediation.com and John Burton. You can call them at 877-415-7770. Um, before you spend money on all these lawyers and everything, talk to them. They'll, they'll mediate it. A lot less money cheaper. You don't have to worry about a judge fucking you over with the money. So check out Brookings Mediation and John Burton. He's been doing it for 27 years. And you call up, you get a free consultation wherever you are. And if you say the Versey effect sent you, you will get 30% off, which is a phenomenal deal. Rachel, you know anybody who's going through a divorce?
1: I am. Um, I don't. I was amazed by that monologue, though. I, I can't wait to hear the rest of your sponsors. What do you it's mean? It's like Howard Johnson's Waffle House. No, yeah, yeah. No.
0: <laughs> no uh, and, of course, All Things Comedy. you got to check out All Things Comedy. Go to All Things uh Twitter is at All Things Comedy and AllThingsComedy.com, run by the amazing uh, Al Madrigal, who's a great dude. Lovely and
1: guy. I love Al
0: Madrigal. Al, Al Madrigal is a great, great dude. Classic. Um, all right, so that's it for the sponsors. I'm sitting here. With uh, Rachel Feinstein, not Steen. Fuck that (laughs) sculpting. Fuck that sculptor. Um, So, we're working together here, so we had a lot of stuff to talk about. And you told me a lot of interesting stories um, about uh, that book that I want to read for sure. Yes. uh, You told me about. Uh, If you're into crime, it's Mind...
1: Mind Hunter is this book about uh, criminal profiling, which I'm fascinated
0: by. Well, that was the craziest part is that you said you, like, this dude looked at photos.
1: Yeah, he looked at photos of a crime scene. And he was able to tell, this is one of the top criminal profilers, so he was the guy that based Silence of the Lambs after, and he looked, they gave him a few crime scene photos, and he was able to create a profile of the killer, including details like, the killer has a lisp, and it turned out to be correct. The guy had a lisp. Had a lisp. That's,
0: fu- that's, it's like, fascinating like, to just look at a photo, you said, like, that he looks at, like, he could get, like, look at you and know your car?
1: Yeah, he could, like, uh, well, a lot of times the, uh, the killer, I mean, the profile would include the killer's car type and color of the car, and many times it would be correct, like, and he was explaining it, he was like, it's not clairvoyance, we're not psychic, we've just seen so many crimes, we're able to sort of create a picture of what that killer oh, okay. is, but it's fascinating No, me. it's
0: crazy. It's insane. No, it's crazy, like.
1: And I was telling that story recently to a bunch of people, and I was really killing, and everybody was listening to me. And then I was like, the oh, story I was like, this book is one of the most incredible books I've <laughs> read in my life. And I was on, a, I'm not bragging here, but I was on a set and I was really, there was a few people standing around. I really thought I was captivating everybody. And then somebody asked the most basic question. They were just like, oh, what's the book called? And I couldn't think
0: like, of oh the title. Oh my God, you just blank. I
1: declared it was one of the best things I've ever read. Yeah. I was like, if you can get it, if there's one book. <laughs> and I'm you such a jackass. And then... This one guy was like, oh, what, what's the book called? And you ever do that where your mind just shuts yeah, down? It's like, yeah, fuck you, you're blank. on your own. Yeah. And I couldn't think of the name of the book. And then it got kind of weirdly silent. It would have been so much better if it was like a few comedians and they all trashed me. Yeah. But it was just really quiet and people just looked at me like there was something wrong with me. Like, And then <laughs> and then somebody tried to save me, which was even more sad. You know when you're making an ass out of yourself and somebody <laughs> just real gentle with you? It almost makes it worse, you know? Yeah, <laughs> oh, so this yeah. woman goes... Oh, well, well, who was, who was the author? And uh. I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I uh. go, great, the guy's fascinating. I read so many articles on him. <laughs> oh, who is he? <laughs> I don't know. Fuck you for asking me that. Uh, and then and then everybody just quietly dispersed. Like, uh. it was just like, they all just, I mean, they must have thought I was either a pathological liar, like she's made up this entire story, or they were, I was crazy. Oh, yeah. my God. I keep replaying that moment, because then, of course, as soon as the last person walked away, I'm like, Mindhunter, John Douglas. You know, like as soon as they walked away. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: but it was I'm just in that moment, in the middle of this yeah.
1: dumb parking lot, like an asshole a craft well, services table.
0: It was that moment where you just were like, you completely blanked. I'm such an asshole. Um, so you were telling me a lot of interesting stuff. Well, first of all, you when did you start stand up?
1: Um, I started stand up like fifteen years ago or something. Yeah.
0: And you're from Maryland,
1: Beth- Bethesda, Maryland. Okay. Yeah.
0: And you came to New York when?
1: I moved to New York um, right after I graduated high school. I was 17. Star- started stand up pretty soon after that. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. So you started as a kid? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And congratulations. I know that you're in the train wreck, which is crushing it.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's been insane. It's, yeah. It's, the train wreck is, like, wildly successful. It's,
0: really- it's And, you know, like, the crazy thing about that is, like, I, you know, I'm a huge basketball fan. I talk about it all the time. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're telling me, like, you're standing, you know. Like, people talk about movie stars and people in movies. Like, you're standing next to Amari Stoudemire and LeBron James. And, like, <laughs> I would be, like, asking them, you know, all kinds of shit about it. Were they, were they cool?
1: Yeah, they were both really cool. Uh, Amari and I did Our scene was together. I play a nurse, and we have the scene where we kind of fall over each other. And so we had to keep practicing this fall. And he he um, just wanted to talk about being a Jew. He converted to Judaism, so he's obsessed with Jews. And on his time off, he just goes to like JCCs and gives talks about being a Jew. Yeah, um, he's he's but, fascinating. You never would have guessed it. Amari Stoudemire, what did he... Jew? I'm not religious at all. But he's he wore like a golden menorah to the premiere, <laughs> like a large go, Google this. Yeah,
0: iced out menorah. Oh my god. Yeah, how much bigger was he than you? (laughs) Were you, like, up to his waist?
1: He was really a large man. I definitely felt foolish next to him. I was up... uh, Not... The thing is, I had worked with Shaq before that, so Shaq is so massive that he wasn't as surprised. I heard
0: Shaq almost doesn't look human. Like, I heard it's almost like... I heard it's, like, crazy.
1: We co-hosted this show together for True TV. It was, like, canceled after six episodes, but I went back to his dressing room, and I was like... I saw these shoes, and it literally didn't even occur to me that they could belong to a shack or any human. I was just like, "Oh, what are, what's that for? Is there like a skit where there's some like oversized Freaking monster clown. or something?" Yeah, they're like no, they're shack shoes. I mean, they you cannot even process what these shoes.
0: Wow, look like. yeah, like twenty-four, yeah. right?
1: He like. Any man that stands next to Shaq just looks pointless. Like even the (laughs) most incredible man that you know what I mean? Like a man's man that's gotten respect in their life. Next to Shaq, they're just their bodies are pointless. They look so foolish. Oh my god, yeah. And Shaq, there was a director on the show, and sometimes he would come up and ask Shaq to do something. And and Shaq would be like, I'm not doing it, Greg. And, then, and he wore a Dodgers cap, and he'd be like, and he'd tuck, the director, and he would tuck, tuck his ears into his Dodgers cap. He's like, why don't you untuck your ears
0: out of that Dodgers cap, and maybe I'll consider it. <laughs> Dude, that is a spot-on fucking Shaq. <laughs> <Jack> That's would, <laughs>
1: great. And then Shaq would pick him up.
0: He'd go, I'm not doing that. I'm going to pick you up like an infant if you don't stop <laughs> asking me to do that.
1: And then he would pick oh him my up God. in the air and just oh. hold him, like infant hold. Yeah. And... And this guy just had to deal with it because it's Shaq. Whatever Shaq is going to do is what Shaq's going to do. And he's silly. He's like a big kid, you know? Yeah. But he doesn't want to do something. He just thinks it's funny. Dude, to play that in sounds
0: animals. just like, so you know, but you know what's funny about that is I've heard that, like, I've heard Kevin Hart talk about, like, being near him or, like, Cat he Williams. He did a sketch on our show. And they, right? and they said that it's just, it's, it, it is, but, like, you know Brad Garrett, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know Brad Garrett's 6'9". Yeah. So when I shook Brad's hand, it, it, it like, overlapped yeah. onto my thing. <laughs> I couldn't imagine Shaq, who's, like, 7'2". It's just, like, they're not normal size. Every
1: man next to him. You just have to give up being a man or feeling like a man. <laughs> it's just, you're, yeah, you're, you stand next to Shaq, you look so silly. His Your suit, body looks so disposable of, next to
0: his, you know? The amount of fabric on his suit. Like. <laughs> His fucking pant legs like It's like he's gotta like Sew other suits To make this man's outfit It's insane um, He's
1: so silly And he talks to everybody Like every person That stops him on the street Everyone Oh he's cool Everywhere Yeah, yeah. He's a doll And he likes it He just likes to stop And be silly and, yeah. and fuck around And he'd like me Let me take his phone And I'd text Barkley And just like Ridiculous shit he'd be like Alright Rach You can have my phone
0: For ten seconds <laughs> um you'd be like don't make me look too stupid dude and then i that just take- is, that is like i did not expect i swear to god like this wasn't like we're doing a podcast where me and rachel are in the green room going all right dude, when we do the podcast you're gonna go into shack and do it i swear to god like that's fucking awesome that sounds just did you do it for him ever did you ever make oh my god but he
1: i he would let me text Barkley. that's all awesome. and i text Barkley stuff like uh like as if I was Shaq I'd be like
0: I feel like we don't do enough together I want to go to Pottery Barn more often I feel like we don't do enough activities together on the weekends and shit
1: and Barkley would write back the funniest Uh, shit he'd write back like I'd rather get a pedicure with Dwight Howard
0: (laughs) oh that's cool
1: (laughs) yeah Shaq would just let me take his phone he'd be like you get two minutes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, <good's he> done. <laughs> and I text Barkley all kinds of ridiculous shit like I just text Barkley like I feel frightened sometimes i uh, just like I'm scared
0: that sucks The show to work out that would have been great just to watch the dynamic how it would have grown
1: yeah it was it was really fun just hanging with him and messing with him the thing is the show ma- they made it too much about like watching these video clips And the fun thing to do with Shaq is just... Just hang with him. Just tease him and hang with him. Yeah. Because he loves to be teased. He loves to be mocked, you know? Like, he'd tell these dumb jokes all day, and he'd be like, is that funny, Rach? And I'm like, no, that stinks. (laughs) And he loved it. It made him so happy when you told him the joke stinks. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's great. He's like, wait, is this funny? And I'd be like, no, Shaq, that's absolutely terrible. he's like, oh, damn it, I stink. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a killer fucking... That's a killer, Shaq. Um, I want to, you know, I don't actually... I don't have a lot of guests on the show. I, I probably, out of 220 episodes, I probably had maybe 25, mm-hmm. may, maybe 30. Um, and I've, I think I've only had a few female, you know, just because I don't, just because all my friends are. I don't really, you know, I had, I had Adrian on. Uh, I'm happy that you're here because I want to get that perspective. We were talking about it a little bit in the car. Um, is that when you're on the road and you're alone? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's a lonely business. Yeah. You know, we know that. It's yeah. a very lonely business for anybody doing it. But you're in a relationship. Yes. You know, Um. so what what would you say is the hardest thing for you when you're on the road and you're alone and you're fucking lonely and you're sitting there and like the only food you have because it's like one in the morning is some candy machine that's down the hallway. Like, what are you... Like, oh, it's
1: rancid. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was... I was saying, I was like saying to my therapist the other day. I was like, "It's no life. It's for a woman." I was like a rancid road lady, and I kept saying that. Yeah, and I don't want to
0: come <laughs> across like I don't want like somebody like saying, "Well, Paul, what are you talking about?" It's the same for everybody. I would imagine it is different for a woman.
1: There's just different issues you have to deal with, and you have to think about your safety a little bit more because sometimes there's strange people. Like sometimes you go to a club, and at the club they'll advertise um, the hotel they put the comics up in, and it's like y- you you can't do that because if you go on and tell everybody what hotel I'm at that's not good then some weirdo who wants to make a suit out of my skin knows yeah. exactly where to find me you know yeah. so sometimes you'll just get yeah I mean I, you just get strange emails there's this one guy that he, he's like stalks me somewhat regularly I probably shouldn't even talk about it but he's slowed down recently I think he's retired but um <laughs> I
0: love how you're like <laughs> uh, he slowed down he's his stalking I think he's day. on his way out, out. Saying, yeah, yeah I think he's
1: found somebody else Um.
0: that's so funny but
1: he made a he would just <laughs> He was maybe around sixty, and he would like dress up as a ballerina and um wow. and put like lipstick like around his mouth, kind of like real Silence of the Lambs. Kind wow! Of. And then he just sent me pictures of himself. He said he wanted to be my um human toilet slave. So sometimes you just what? get these really haunting things, and then you keep thinking about it. You know? Yeah. See, He's guys don't
0: him. guys see guys don't get like we'll get like groupies or like we'll get people that like want to hang out or maybe you know. They'll offer up some kind of sexual or, hey, let's go back and do this. But I feel like, you know, you get the creeps. Like, to say something like that. Yeah. Is I love how you said he slowed down. Like, I could picture his other stalker friends going, listen, it's time to hang him up.
1: <laughs> like, like,
0: his stalker friends that are in the prime are like, listen, move over. Move over. I had a few guys time. like that
1: retire somewhat abruptly from the stalking. And I have to say, it was kind of funny. Like, sometimes it's funny. And then all of a sudden, I was like waiting for the next installment. Yeah. I'm like, where'd you go? You're like, I didn't the get fu- the closure I needed.
0: That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, what happened? Is it me? Did I do something? I
1: know. There was this one guy that would just send me collages of us, like doing different fun-loving activities together. He would just stick my head, and I'd be holding a microphone in the shot, but he'd just put me on the beach with him. Yeah. Ice skating. All kinds of different fun activities. And then all of a sudden, nothing. And the collages were so funny. I'm such a dick, I wasn't even thinking about my safety at that point. I was just like, this is hysterical. And then all of a sudden, the collage stopped. And I was kind of looking forward to the next day's collage. Like, oh, what were the, we doing?
0: That's so... Are we playing skee-ball? What, what kinds of to, adventures yeah, are, are we out? Are we going to skydive? Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you just put your face on a skydiver friend, and you go there like this. That's,
1: <laughs> Where are we going next, babe?
0: Cancun? Come on. No, and then there's a mic in your hand in the air. with the fucking <laughs> 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 Um I'm here with... You. Rachel Feinstein, um, having, having hilarious dude. That Shaq impression is great. I know my fans are going to go back. The <laughs> listeners are going to go back and listen to it. You nailed it. And I you saw him in
1: the airport recently. Yeah. I'm walking through the airport, like transferring. You know, you're not expecting to see anybody else, like half asleep. And I just heard this voice go, your booty got bigger. No. <laughs> are you serious? And I, like, I was like half awake. I'm like, what? All of a sudden, I, just, I heard again, <laughs> your booty got bigger. And I turned around. It was Shaq. And of course, he got swarms. Like quickly uh, after, but he's just like your booty got oh bigger. It's just this his voice behind yes. me. Yeah.
0: So, uh, tell me about this thing. I heard something, but I didn't get the whole story. About um, there was a uh, somebody came out to see you at a show.
1: Oh, Janet, Janet Jameson.
0: Janet Jameson, uh, ex-porn star. She still is she a? Uh, she hang him up.
1: Actively <laughs> a porn star now, but um. Okay. I was uh, I was in Buffalo a while ago, and um my uh what a weird
0: weird random place I know, for Jenna in,
1: Jameson to be right
0: you're in buffalo
1: yeah and i was just like i was kind of going through a hard time i was just like you know i think i had i had just gone through a breakup and i was just like lying around in my hotel like taking like weird depression naps and then i get this call and it's like somebody from my management company and they are like yeah Jenna Jameson apparently is in town and she wants to see your show i was like what why was is jenna jameson in buffalo but i guess she goes around to different clubs and she you know makes appearances at nightclubs around and then she gets but like gentlemen yeah yeah yeah. right not even yeah just like regular nightclubs you know just, oh, so she they just go to say, a- like yeah and so i was like okay and then and then uh they were like and then i got another call and i'm like okay so i told the people at the club she was coming it's not like in new york you know like in the, in new york city where there'd be like Whatever, like, it's Buffalo. Like, that was the most exciting thing that happened right. there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. Yeah. And I still didn't really know. I was like, is that her? It's so strange, you know? And then I get another call back, and and they were like, yeah, apparently she wants to come to your hotel and pick you up and take you to the show. So I was like, all right. What? Yeah. But it was one of those things where I was like, it's so it's so crazy, but I just have to keep following this story. Like, I'm going to do that. Whatever the next thing is, I'll do. Yeah. Just, just to see what happens, you know? Yeah. So, so I go down to my, to the lobby and she's sitting there uh, with like somebody that works with her, so that handles her or something. And she's yeah. like, I'm a really big fan of your comedy or whatever. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then, so we, we go to the club together, we get in the car and she was just like asking me questions about being on the road. And she was kind of like, it was kind of like, we do the same thing. She's like, I know the road, right? know. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to the club <laughs> and my green room is like full of comics because, not because they want to talk to me, because they've heard Jenna Jameson's going to be there, so it's just, like, all these, like, horny, like, backed-up-looking, like, local guys. (laughs) And and so they're all just standing there, like, all shifty and nervous to meet Jenna Jameson. And she's, like, you could tell she knows it. She has fun with it or whatever. And then one of the guys was like, um, so are you a Rachel Feinstein fan? And she goes, I want to have sex with her. (laughs) What? So I guess she likes to hook up with straight girls. You know? And I... Just kept making jokes because it was so preposterous. So the more she would talk in that kind of like high sweet voice, I would just get lower and lower to handle the awkwardness of it. So I'm like, (laughs) ah, come on, Jenna, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I just kept talking back to her like just like a real deep brute, you know. I was like, (laughs) ah, you're crazy, Jenna. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I got Scottish towards the end, but yeah. And um, I and the guys, of course, loved it, but I was like, all right, I'm not, uh, I'm not. It's the whole thing was crazy. So then. The feature goes on stage. And, oh, before he goes up, Jenna's manager texts me. And he's like, tell everybody that Jenna Jameson's here. And I was like, I don't want to do that because then the crowd's going to go crazy. They're not going to listen to my Yeah. Guy. They're just going to
0: like be looking for her looking and her reaction and all that shit.
1: But he, he was like, oh, come on. It'll be good. So I was like, he's like, it'll be fun for her. So I told the feature. I was like, if you want to mention it, that's fine. But you don't have to. We can pretend we never received this text and forget it. And I'm like, but if you mention it, I'd mention it early in your set. You know, because by the time I get up, I don't want to have the crowd be completely insane. Right. And so he was like, "Yeah, I'll will do it." So he didn't care. So he went on, and he does a few minutes of stand up, and then he's like, "Ladies and gentlemen, Jenna Jameson is here." Right. And the crowd went nuts. You know, they were like looking for everywhere, and and Jenna Jameson stood up in her seat, and she's like, "Fuck yeah, motherfuckers!" And she did like some sort of a <laughs> standing dance. You know. <laughs> I was like fucking Jenna fucking Jameson. Yeah, Uh, yeah. yeah. She did this dance, like it was like a quick, like titty sort of a dance, and then she sat back down again. And everybody went crazy. She was like, she was fun. She was like drinking champagne. She's like, hey, everybody! And they all went crazy. And then the guy's mother was in the audience, and his mother didn't know who Jenna Jameson was, and it bothered her that the crowd went so crazy for this other woman as opposed to her son. You know that they weren't. She thought they weren't giving her son enough attention.
0: Oh my god!
1: So she goes jenna jameson like that like this what? little adorable buffalo soccer mom she'd had it you know she was well fuck jenna jameson it's about you you know and then uh. jenna jameson's like fuck you bitch. Like, <laughs> so it's just like complete madness oh my you know <laughs> and jenna jameson's like standing up whatever and this woman's you know yelled back and then finally the crowd calmed down and then i get on and then i start doing my set for a little while and then um she just yelled in the middle of the set, like "Racial fucking fights, some motherfuckers!" Oh. <laughs> so I was like, "I guess that was her idea of helping me, just to scream my own name." Uh. I was like, "All right, Jenna, settle down." Again, I got real deep, you know. I'm like, "Come Wh- on." When Jenna. was this? This was a long time ago. Actually, it was like a couple years ago. Uh. And then, so we, um, and then after the show was done, we're we're like hanging out, and people go up, we're coming up to her to take pictures and stuff. <laughs> and then she goes, "We should take a picture of us together." And so we we took a picture. And then she's like, "Now how am I going to get it to you?" And I realized like how girls flirt with guys. I just felt like she's like, "Now how will you ever get the picture?" So we exchanged numbers. I'm like, "Ah, come
0: on, Jenna, here's my number." <laughs> well, so you were you were kind of doing that as a defense thing. You were freaked out a little bit, right? Like you were, you was it awkward? I for mean, you? I wasn't
1: gonna hook up with her. Yeah. You know, but but you know, I'm I, I'm straight, but I but I I yeah, I was definitely uncomfortable. So that yeah. was my defense mechanism. She didn't freak me out. She was like a nice. She wasn't mechanism.
0: overly like.
1: Yeah, she wasn't like she was scaring me. I just it was yeah. just a silly situation. Like one minute I'm laying and taking a dumb nap in my hotel room and then Jenna Jameson's like, like I want to have sex with her, you know. So um I just didn't know what to do with the entire situation. It just was so crazy. So my way of dealing with it was just to talk in G- some sort of deep, like, mountain voice. Yeah, I don't know why that was my defense mechanism. That's so funny. But I just could be like, all right, JJ. And, so, <laughs> and she was going to go dance at this nightclub. So she's like, are you? And I don't remember what the name it was. Like, some ridiculous name for the nightclub. She's like, are you going to go dance at, like, like the Silver Seahorse tonight? Or are you going to hang at the whatever? It was some crazy thing. Like, are you going to go hang at the... Silver Seahorse. Yeah, like, the suspicious whatever whore dog club or something. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be over at the seahorse. And um, so I brought the feature with me. I'm like, come, let's go to the seahorse because I just wanted to keep following it until I was going to have to actually hook up because I knew it was going to be a good story, you know? So I went over there and at the nightclub and everybody was talking to her and getting kind of crazy. And then at one point she was like, I feel like our hotel's haunted. Do you? And I was like, um, yeah. no, no, I, don't. I didn't notice it was haunted. <laughs> and she goes, apparently she's rolling to ghosts. She goes, some of the spirits are bad. And then she goes, you should come back to my room. We can do a seance and talk to the ghosts. <laughs> so,
0: are you serious?
1: Yeah. So she was. What? So I guess that's her way of.
0: That's her know, way of luring.
1: Says, yeah, getting people to come scissor um, <laughs> is that the hotel is haunted. Um, you want to do
0: a seance and talk to the. Oh, my God. <laughs> we should
1: go out do a seance and we should tell these ghosts. That's enough. Out of you. <laughs> and I
0: look. Yeah, that's <laughs> like God, Jenna. Don't you worry about a
1: thing. Um, I <laughs> oh, got. And
0: then, and then, what you just like, you just and were like, it nah? Was,
1: everybody was drunk. It was crazy, and we left. But it wasn't like she was, and I'm sure she didn't think twice about it i mean it wasn't like she was like after me for the night and i was running around every corner i mean she threw out a few things she a threw seance, out a few there was things. a seance offer and yeah, yeah yeah there was
0: a seance
1: <laughs> i'm sure she moved yeah. on yeah. when
0: in doubt go to the ghosts I'm and sure if the she, ghost yeah. the, like the ghost is her like go like the ghost is yeah. her last resort <laughs> she's like telling her friends i think i'm gonna go I, I think i gotta ghost it i think i gotta get to the ghost and then, yeah. uh,
1: and then the next day she like texted me like Woo-hoo, i miss you or something yeah. oh really and then every once in a while i get like a rogue test text from like jenna at like still three in the morning not now anymore
0: they faded out but um miss you jj all your stalkers everybody just fades. everybody up. gives up on me at a
1: certain point you're right yeah. they eventually reject me
0: yeah JJ's.
1: oh she also told me i was dirty when we got off stage
0: <laughs> oh She's yeah like,
1: you're kind of dirty
0: <laughs> like your act? Yeah, that's hilarious. That's so uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, she's
1: like, mm, "You're a dirty girl."
0: <laughs> Some of those fucking loads you took on your. I know. It's
1: like yeah, you've been rammed by <laughs> football teams.
0: <laughs> you're dirty. Oh my god. You're dirty out there. You cursed in the <laughs> second half of your. Set. Um, oh wow, that's fucking. That's really interesting. It was that's it was crazy. That's crazy. It was a weird. Day. No, I think the craziest part about it, which really makes it really crazy, is it was in Buffalo.
1: It was in Buffalo. It was in
0: Buffalo, New York. It was like, truly
1: one of the strangest days of my life. Like you went you
0: know? to the Seahorse in Buffalo.
1: Yeah, I went to the saucy, naughty Seahorse or whatever it was called. Oh. I like the naughty Seahorse. Let's call it that.
0: The yeah. ghost. The ghost thing is so <laughs> fucking funny.
1: Apparently, she's really into ghosts. And oh, the weird thing is, and then so I was in LA a few weeks later, and her manager it turned out. Her manager went to my same high school. The guy that was texting back and forth with me, telling us to bring up that Jenna Jameson was there. So then. So then he texted me a few weeks later that we were in L.A. And um, what's the other famous porn star? I can't remember his name. Ron Jeremy, who, like, hangs out around stand-up a lot and stuff. Oh, yeah,
0: so He yeah. was
1: like, oh, yeah, um, I'm going to come over with uh, Ron Jeremy and, and Jenna Jameson. And, again, I just thought it would be entertaining. So, but he just came with Ron Jeremy. And, uh, yeah, he came over to my friend's place, and we just, like, played Boggle. For a few hours and then he left <laughs> you have the weirdest stories with these we played like two board games with rod jeremy and then he left yeah and that was the end and every once in a while a rogue text from jenna but that was it yeah. oh wow no scissoring
0: no scissoring yeah mm-hmm. you weren't into it from the you weren't into it from, but but you still had to ride it out right
1: even if i was into girls like that's just too intimidating yeah i yeah. wouldn't know what to do or how to do it or whatever yeah
0: yeah you'd feel If she was like No like this And you'd be like Oh gosh yeah, I'm like
1: think... No you idiot Yeah that's how you do it Here's how it goes Yeah Yeah
0: no that's not uh, So uh, so what else What else is going on with you You got um, You got traveling coming up
1: um, Yeah I'm on the road Where am I going um, Shit I'm trying to remember The next place is Oh I'm doing the
0: oddball to Earth oddball? oddball Festival. Yes. Are you going to be... be I'm doing a Just for Laughs uh, in Toronto. Me too. Oh, you are? Cool. Yeah. yeah that'll you're be doing in the that? end of September. Yeah, it's the end of September.
1: And uh, yeah, we're both at Oddball. And then I'm in um, Bloomington, Indiana. God, I not remember the name of the club. I'm going to tell you later. We'll fix this.
0: Bloomington. Um, uh, oh. Um,
1: let's look it up. We can edit no, this not, part. It's right? not Crackers, is it? <laughs> no, we can edit this part. Right? Yeah, whatever. we can edit it. We'll it's look this it up. A, because well, I can't remember it and I should know the name of the club I'm playing.
0: Blue, yeah, but nah, don't even... Can you Google it? What?
1: <laughs> Forget this whole part. This is a disaster.
0: No, no, no. Whatever. That's... Uh, it's great having you on, man. I, I love working with you, and I love... I, one thing that you do, which, um, you know, I always find refreshing, is, ca- like, characters and act-outs of, like, your mom, and uh, you play the old Jewish character so hilarious, and, like, I love, I love characters. Did you... When you started comedy, whatever, 15 years ago... Uh, wait, did you start in Maryland or did you start in New York?
1: I started in New York, yeah.
0: You always did characters from the beginning?
1: Yeah, I'd always I always did voices and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean you, you, I yeah. told stories and I imitated people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean when I first did stand up I was I don't even know what in God's name I was about When I was a
0: little kid I would just run around and just do impressions of Eddie Murphy. Uh, that was like uh, from, from from Beverly Hills Cop and Raw like changed my like Raw was like so I would always like just run around and, and do that and I think you know you could tell when, when you watch your act A, you're really in tune with your family and your mom because you obviously talk to her all the time but you're really a big you're big into characters and stuff like that which I fucking love you know what I mean
1: yeah, I like to, I love listening to you do them too. You do a really good, you'll like, you'll feel like you're in the room with the somebody that you've never heard of before or met. You're like, wow, that's a perfect impression of somebody I've never met, you know?
0: Yeah, like, I know, I kind of like the things you say about, like, I love when you talk about how your mom likes to show off. You talk about how your mom likes to show off with, like, who she knows or, like, the groups that she hangs out with and then you just say the word and I almost that's feel like I know like I, like, I don't know, but I know people like that. And, and th- that's why I like the impression, because it's like, oh, my God, yeah, I know her mom. Like, her mom just is like, you know, I totally could see the conversations that you have with her.
1: Yeah, she's like that aggressively liberal woman. She loves, a, like, a long foreign name. She really celebrates yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... She, she like... works with this woman, and she'll be like, I had a wonderful lunch with Aranja today. And she just <laughs> loves saying that. she be like, oh, what a lively, wonderful woman Aranja uh-huh. is. Yeah. yeah, She would... She just loves anything that's the slightest bit ethnic because she's such a wasp and she just wants that's to be ethnic so badly. She has a game we found in her closet, my brothers and I, and it's like, test your family's Africa knowledge.
0: And there's no. like a little
1: wheel and you spin it around and you test your family's Africa knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's, what? that's her deal. She wants to sit the family down and, and talk about our, everybody's Africa knowledge and make sure we're all on point. Yeah.
0: So your mom, like, m- borderline, wants to be black if she could.
1: Absolutely, her dream is that I. She wants us to at least, at least, marry somebody black. She would die if I married like a Nigerian lesbian. That's like her dream. Of that
0: <laughs> if you came home with somebody oh, with a oh crazy my God, name, she would love it. Like a crazy name that like was hard to yes. pronounce, and she would befriend that person, right? Like
1: she would. She would have been so happy if one of us was gay. She just wanted a gay kid. She wants. She wants. Anybody that has to struggle in life, she wants to be the one that guides them through that struggle. Like uh, you know, she, she, she would always let us know. Like there's Coco waiting. If anyone's gay, we can hash it out. Yeah, uh,
0: she's like super liberal.
1: Super liberal.
0: Okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You get along with her well?
1: Yeah. I mean, they're all they're they're they don't fully understand everything that I do, but they're
0: supportive and yeah. Yeah. Were your parents always supportive of your of your stand up?
1: Yeah, they didn't. I mean, my dad was a blues musician, and so, so I, I yeah. think like he was a civil rights lawyer for many years and then now he just plays blues full time so I think that was his kind of regret that he didn't like follow you know whatever his other dream was sooner um, play music sooner so and also I, I my grades were so bad and I had really nothing else going on so it wasn't like I've always wanted to be one of those people that was like, I could have been a doctor, but I made a noble decision to leave it all for the arts. But there was no, there was nothing else going on at all. Yeah, yeah,
0: like you, yeah. Terrible
1: grades. No other visible skills that anyone could identify, so. Did, so
0: <laughs> did you have, like, the thing, because I had this, and I think a lot of performers, did, did you have the thing where, like, teachers and counselors were like, there, sh- there's a problem here. Like, oh, a, yeah. Like, like, what else could she do?
1: Oh, yes. yeah. yeah Yeah. They had... I mean, a lot of comics it's true for. It's not like that unusual. But, I mean, they. my grades were always terrible. Um, it wasn't even a matter of, like, will I go to summer school? It was, like, every year I expected I'd be hanging out of summer school. i just make sure that, yeah. Yeah. i touch base with everybody ahead of time. We worked out what our after-summer school schedule was. <laughs> yeah. Right. It was never a question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was just ready to go every year because I was always going. And I remember they would put me through so many tests when I was a kid. They would do, like, weird brain scans and stuff. And, Yeah. They were always trying to figure out what the issue was. Right. They could never really pinpoint it, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were just trying to figure out like why, why won't she concentrate or just get a single thing done? Um, and so yeah, thank God for stand up, and I think that's true of a lot of comics. Something about the structure of school didn't work for me. You felt like that too?
0: Yeah, I I was I was the type when I put my mind to it, I would do really well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I told a story in the podcast once where one of my teachers called me out of the classroom uh Miss Scora, I'll never forget and she she's like your essays and your papers are really good why are you in the lower English you're in the lower English because you're not concentrating. she goes but well, this is what I'm gonna do she goes, I'm gonna take you out of this class and I'm gonna put you in the higher English class and don't make me look like a fool because that's where you belong and I went from like a I went from like a C student in the lower one to like a high B almost an a student in the higher one because she oh believed God, in me so I was but I'm funny. like that's like my personality like I've always been, like people always say, like all of my friends, my wife, everyone says, you know, tell, tell him he can't do something and he will do it. That's, but but I was very distracted. My parents had a brutal divorce when I my brother was ten and I was five, and it was really really bad and gave like gave me like you know insecurity issues and anxiety. And, and anxiety. Like I I had like my first anxiety attack in the third grade. I thought I was gonna die. I didn't even know what it Aww. was. You know, but like I were remember- they
1: telling you things? Were they sharing with you about the details of?
0: It was, it was just it was just bitter, and it yeah. was like it was so almost hard. like a it was almost with maybe without them even knowing like borderline abusive, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they didn't know. So we just saw this ugly thing, and my older brother took most of the bullets because he was older, maybe could comprehend it. He was ten, I was five, so he kind of protected me from it, but it just kind of stripped me of of shit, you know what I mean? And I remember my mom, she would talk to uh, like even like my, my kindergarten teacher was like, I'll never forget, my kindergarten teacher's name was Miss Judy Judy. Right? That's
1: amazing. Her name was Miss
0: Judy Judy, and it was like in a very waspy,
1: yeah. very
0: waspy area. And, and she, she said to my mom, she goes, I'm really worried about Paul. We're, we're, we're concerned about Paul. And my mom and I, like, even, like, to this day, my mom would go, do you remember Judy, Judy? I'm worried about Paul. So, yes, like, I was definitely. I can't believe
1: her name was Judy, Judy.
0: Judy, Judy And I, I definitely had, like, you know, I just had that distraction and I needed. And I think telling stories and making people laugh was my, you know, the same way, like, when you were just saying um, that what you were going through, like, you weren't a good student and stuff. But you love to tell a story. You love to do an impression of something. Yeah. You love to act something out. And that's why it's crazy because that's why we were both here doing this.
1: You're right, there's that insecurity that comes from it. I was so, so, I just felt so insecure, like everybody could tell I wasn't smart enough or whatever the thing was, so I better find some other thing to do to charm and distract them. I guess a lot of kids feel like that. I guess it's not that unique, you know, but...
0: Yeah, but I, and and I don't think, a lot of people say, oh, you performers are so fucked up that you gotta go and perform. I think everybody's fucked up. But performers just use, performers have, it's like, don't hit on us because we're talented. Yeah, 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 it's like, we have a, we had a talent and a gift. Yeah. to tell a story or to do an impression or to do something so that we were kind of like all right, we're fucked up here. Let me go there and feel better. It's
1: definitely I think a lot of people that end up in comedy. It's not it's not just that yeah, bad things happen. It's sort of like a cocktail of like a certain sadness in the childhood and an innate ability and yeah. Yeah. for to do that specific thing. So there's some sort of mixture that makes you go into a life of stand up, but I do think you're right that it's not just that they're fucked up, it's that separate thing, you know. Yeah. You sort of have like
0: you know. I have my OCD. I have issues, you know, like mm-hmm. issues. Not you have OCD. OCD. I don't have OCD physical. I have it mental. Mm-hmm. I have mental. Like I, I will obsess on something. Like, um, for example, when you said about mm-hmm. the author of the book that you couldn't remember. Yeah. And then, like, I would have had to rectify that. It would have been on my mind. Like, I would have had to, like, f- like so. Yeah, if I. Like I said something, me and Giannis, Papas, you know Giannis, you know, you know. We were talking and I said something and when I said it, it came across arrogant. And that's really not me. But I noticed when I said it, and even he, like, kind of was like, wow, that's... A... And, and, like, the whole night, I was like, dude, you, I hope you understand what I was trying to say. And he just said, Paul, when you fucking stop it? I understand that you're not... But I'll get like that with anything. I just me get too. like... I
1: overplay... Like, I'll go yeah. over small social interactions, and they'll drive yeah. me completely insane. I'll just repeat this one dumb thing I said or some yeah. phrase I use that I find humiliating. And then I just... I won't be able to feel okay until I approach that person who has no recollection of this exchange at all. Yeah, it never matters to them, but... Yeah, and then yeah I'm convinced I've made a wild fool out of myself
0: and then, and then you keep playing it and harping on it um, we got to go in a couple minutes the last thing I want to talk to you about because th- this is this is something that we were just speaking about and I think it I think it's important I, a lot of comedians listen to the show a lot of young comedians listen to the show and we were talking about how the insecurity of a comedian and stuff and talking about people that suck people that are great people that and we're not talking about this with their acts I'm talking about we're talking about people mm-hmm. right like the human being you know, some you know in this business and in life, some people suck, some people are sweethearts, but it's very easy in this business to be walked on because it's so hard. And you tell me if you think, if you think, if you agree or not. Like you know, we used to do gigs for no money, right? Like we would tra- travel and drive for like when yeah. I first started. I mean, I would drive. I remember driving three hours for fifty bucks, and I think we just wanted this so much, and we're doing this, and yeah. like, and then you move up, but it's easy to get walked on. And and what people need to understand is. Like, you got to know your worth, right? Yeah. Like, your worth and understand, like, what the fuck, like, it's so easy because sometimes I feel like you're, somebody does something, you're so appreciative, but then, like, that, the, the other side doesn't come in. I guess what I'm trying to say is comedians and performers, we're so fucking uh, just adapted to, like, having nothing and doing something to get a little that, like, we could, the other way, we'll get walked all over. And, and And I think a lot of good, good people do that.
1: Yeah, I've had to learn how to, I haven't learned, but I'm learning how to, like, set better boundaries and to sort of be clear with people. Yeah, because, you you know, we, we, I think we naturally want to, like, please people. Yeah. And we don't want people to be mad at us. That's always been a theme in my life. Like, I'm always afraid somebody's mad at me. And sometimes yeah. you have to just be like, okay, well, maybe they are. That doesn't mean yeah. that you did anything wrong. And you have to be able to be okay with people not liking you for whatever their reasons are and not liking how you handled something. So. I'm learning that slowly, just how yeah. to be able to accept, like, okay, this is how I feel about something, and not try to make everyone like me. Yeah,
0: because the business part of this is hard. It is. Like the easiest part is to get on stage and to tell the jokes, but then, like, if you have an uncomfortable situation with representation or somebody that yeah. booked you or a club owner, where it's yeah. hard to like not, you know, because we almost feel like we owe them, but like we don't. Yeah, there's you know so what I mean. We that that, like that that that's yeah. I guess that's what I'm trying to, to say. We feel like we owe people. Or like if somebody, oh, they put me in the club, so I have to be. But it's like, no, but we're the talent in the club. We always forget that. Like we're yeah. giving the show. Yeah. But we're just so happy that they're giving us a stage that we're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'll do anything. It's like, wait a minute, dude, these people are here because of us. And we yeah. forget that. Yeah, it's
1: so true. It, it's funny because in the beginning, it's such it's so thrilling just to have your name on a flyer. I remember the first time my name was printed on something, like yeah. a flyer for a show, and I was just so excited, which is good. It's good to feel that way. But then it can be easy to stay inside of that mentality where you're like, I'm so lucky they let me in here. I'm so lucky I'm allowed to sit here. And yeah, and then you just then they treat you like a jackass because they're like, Yeah, she's too. She feels too lucky. So let's see what we can get away with. Exactly.
0: You know? And yeah, she. Yeah, um, I remember my first fucking flyer. I had a hoodie and like an Eminem <laughs> hat. Like a fucking dope. I was. <laughs> um, well, listen, we got five minutes to the show. Um, i We will definitely do this again. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much. This was so fun.
0: Uh, Rachel. Feinstein, everybody. Check her out. and uh, You got a website, right? Yeah,
1: Rachel-Feinstein.com.
0: And Ra- at Rachel Feinstein is my Twitter. At Rachel Feinstein at Twitter and Rachel-Feinstein.com. Uh, uh, and I will come back after. I'll do more Unacceptables and close it out. But did want to talk to Rachel uh, here in the green room before the show. We have a show here in a few minutes. So um, I will be back. Okay, that was fun. Uh, we just did a show. You guys have no idea how long it was, but we just did a show in front of about, I'd say, um, maybe 350 people, close to close to 300, definitely 300 people, so it was pretty sick. We had an absolutely great time, um, and now I'm in a better sounding, as you could tell, I'm in a better sounding um, situation here to finish this off. Uh, this episode may say part one because I didn't know if I had to break it up, but it will not be, so this is it, so this is episode 220, and next week will be episode 221, but that was Rachel Feinstein, very funny man, her characters were just so funny, she's working on her new hour, and um, you know, just a pleasure to work with, absolute sweetheart. so nice, and um, just one of the good people in the business, she really, <clears throat> just really has a great heart, and uh, really, really funny, like I was watching her tonight, we both had such good times on stage, and she was just having so much fun, like doing the characters, and you could tell, and I was like, I was locked into what she was doing, because a lot of times a comedian watches another comedian, and um, you know, you watch for five, ten minutes, oh yeah, that's funny, and you leave, but like I was actually like, there's a few people I, I've see like that, like Tony Rock is one guy, there's certain people that like you just watch time just goes by, like, it doesn't matter, you feel like you're watching them for 10 minutes, next thing you know, they're wrapping up, and you're like, wait, they just did 45 minutes, that's how good and entertaining and great they kept it, so, um, that was a lot of fun, I still obviously have to get to the Unacceptables, so we'll do, uh, my Unacceptables, your guys' Unacceptables, and, um, you know, talk some, some, uh, some sports, some movies, uh, did I see anything? I don't even know, um, got an announcement. Actually, you know what? I'll make an announcement next week. I got a cool announcement next week. Uh, so that, that'll be, uh, cool. Let's get into the unacceptables right now. Um, my unacceptable right now is a, uh, situation I had at Starbucks. So I'm in Starbucks with my son and we're sitting there and, um, we're just, you know, I got, I got the drink I always get, you know, I got my son, you know, something to eat in there, we're just sitting there hanging out, and it's busy, it's morning, you know, it's just completely like, you know, Starbucks is like, you know, wheelhouse time, you know, it's just a rush, and I'm sitting there, and people there clearly see people eating, you know, muffins or, like, you know, breakfast sandwiches or, you know, whatever, yogurt and everybody's having their coffee and people got their laptops out and all this shit. So it's clear that, like, it's a breakfast morning thing. And these three ladies are sitting next to me and they work for some financial company because, like, they were having a little, like, meeting at Starbucks and they had all these packets and books out and I just kind of noticed the word, like, financial reports or something. They just had something, like, they were doing something or, if it wasn't a financial, you know, company, it was they. They were the division of the company that dealt with the finances. Whatever it was, they're sitting there talking, and one lady, like I'm sitting like two feet from these people, and I'm eating a, i am um, eating I was eating like a breakfast sandwich on an English muffin, and my, you know, we got coffees and everything, and you could just tell the place is packed and people are fucking eating, and this lady's like, oh my god, I know, and then he throws up, he throws up all over the place, okay. And I'm just like, oh my god! And then the other lady chimes in, and she's like, I know. And so and so is on his bunk bed, right? And he's just like, mommy, my stomach hurts. And then right after he says my stomach hurts, he throws up. And the other lady's like, I know. It's like, how come they they can't like understand to just get ready? Like it's like maybe because they they were like actually annoyed that that the kids said, oh my tummy hurts and then threw up. She's like, don't they know it's coming? It's like no, the yeah, fuck, it's a baby. It's a kid. I don't give a shit even if he's seven years old. You don't know. I remember being a little kid even when I was like, you know, 11. I'd be like, man, something's wrong with my stomach. And then you throw up. These kids aren't fucking doctors. What do you want this kid to be like? Yeah, I just, you know, the gargling. I think it's this anti, uh, anti, uh, you know. I got this inflamed fucking thing. I need an anti-acid because, no, these kids don't fucking know that. It's a kid who's about to shit himself or throw up and he says his stomach hurts but that's not even the point, the point of the unacceptable is, we're at a Starbucks, we're at a place to eat and drink coffee, and and you're sitting there, and it's packed, it's not like they were at a table that was five, you know, even five feet or ten feet away, where you just heard him, like, muttering, no, they were, like, sitting, like, I know, and then he throws up, I know, they always throw up, like, they throw up, and they don't understand, and, like, you know, they just throw up all over the bunk bed, and it's like, bitch, I'm eating a fucking sausage, egg and cheese right here, okay, Take your asses somewhere else if you're going to talk about this shit. Go to the fucking... Go somewhere else where people aren't eating. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't... I don't even... It's ridiculous. It's unacceptable. I swear to God, I was this close. I didn't because my son was there. And I knew... You know, if one of these cunts would have just said something negative or nasty, then I would have said something. And then I would have looked like the dick because I'm sitting there with a, you know, a six-year-old little boy and I'm fighting with these people. So I didn't want to do that. But I just wanted to lean over and go, I'm sorry, do you guys mind not talking about throw up when, you know, people are eating? I should have done it. I really should have done it. And then I was just like, you know, then does it look like I'm eavesdropping? But no, because everybody could hear him or at least the corner of the store that, you know, the corner of the place that I was in. I don't know. It just really annoyed me, and it was definitely uh, unacceptable, and I was like, there's no other unacceptable this week, okay? Then these three bitches talking about their kids throwing up. Nobody wants to hear it at a place like that, okay? Talk about it somewhere else, you know? Talk about it in a fucking... in, in a park when it's, there's nobody around, okay? You want it after, like, eating hours. There should be no talk, of any kind of bodily fluids, any kind of like toilet talk, any kind of anything nasty like that. There should be nothing like that at all, okay? During the hours of like, you know, 12 noon to, you know, 3. You know, talk about that shit at other times, but definitely not in like, you know, peak hours of a place that's known to like give like breakfast and drinks and then so and so they're like how come he doesn't even know his stomach hurts like why why do you just say my stomach hurts and then throw up don't you know no he doesn't know you dumb cunt if he knew he wouldn't say my stomach hurts and then throw up unacceptable unacceptable oh these bitches pissed me off they really did they really did let's get to your guys unacceptables here okay let's see what we got here we have we have I did so many last week I actually got a lot more on Twitter I got more on Twitter this week than I do I think on the emails but we will check it we'll check it out and see what we got hopefully there's not speaking of hours of eating hopefully there's not much shit talk today hopefully the shit talk has subsided okay here we go This one here is from Gary Lee, and Gary Lee says, hey Paul, love the show, and thanks for reading some of my previous Unacceptables. Well, you're very welcome, Gary. This one is a bit long, but I needed to vent, so here goes. We recently went to Universal Studios in Southern California, my first time since 1984, so things have changed a lot since then, including the rudeness of people. There were several examples of this, but most uh, egregious one was when we were in line for the Jurassic Park ride. Apparently, I'm sorry, my phone is buzzing. Apparently, those not from America do not know about personal space. Uh, first, the lady behind us kept rubbing her fat tits right on my sister's back and arms. What the hell? Uh, back the fuck up. Exactly. I hate that when somebody's like hanging on my back. You aren't going to lose your space in line if you give us 12 <laughs> inches of space. Then, since we have seven people in our party, they split us up. Three, uh, three in, in row one and four in row two. Then Tits McGee on her <laughs> and her group in row three. So the boat comes up and the gates open and what does Tits and her family do? Yep, make a beeline to our row. So I yell, Hey lady, that's our row. And she looks at me like she has no clue what I'm talking about. But I yell it loud enough for the ride worker to hear, and he tells the lady and her party to move a row back. Paul, what the hell is wrong with folks? Even a lady at a Cinnabon stand uh, was up in my grill trying to look at the menu over my shoulder. Damn. They need to hand out pamphlets about personal space to these effing animals with with the threat of caging them for violating that space. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag back the fuck up. Thanks, Paul, and keep up the great work. Well, thank you, uh, Gary. Hope things are going uh, good out there in San Francisco. Um, That is a very, very big, very, very big problem with me is uh, people uh, either hanging on my back or backing up into me, being close to me in movie theaters. uh, Just like, you know, when you're online to get like, you know, concession or like, you know, popcorn at the movie theater and they're just like right behind you because they're so eager to shove the food in their fat faces that they can't even hold themselves back for a couple seconds. They need to be as close to the order even mentally as possible. It's so ridiculous. So uh, I hear you 100%. Thank you. That's a great unacceptable. Uh, Here we go. Unacceptable. This is from Joe. Hey, Paul. Just got a ticket for smoking a J. Uh, Smoking a J equals 20. I don't know. Oh, okay. I got you. In a parking lot before seeing... um, Before seeing three days grace and then handcuffed me a animal. I'm having a hard time reading this. Hold on, okay. And they're seriously rude and ignorant. They proceeded to give me a ticket and tell me how lucky I am that I didn't have a whole bag on me. I was just trying to relax uh, on my night before uh, going uh, to see a show. Usually I am happy with law enforcement, but fuck these little... Sub cities, um, hashtag unacceptable, hashtag fuck the police. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the smoke and the J thing, I don't know where, you know, where you live, but, you know, cops in New York don't really even care about that anymore. Um, but I hope you get, you know, I hope the, the ticket and all the shit you go through with that is all right. And Thank you for the submission. This one is from Crasher. Uh, three, three, oh, this is not a Twitter. I'm sorry. This, I'm sorry. This is from Corey. Corey Martinez. The email starts with Crasher. My apologies. Corey Martinez says, hey, Paul, i got a quick unacceptable for you. First, a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned how wrong it is to use a urinal right next to another guy unless absolutely necessary. Well, I also believe it's unacceptable to put to some put, to put somebody else in that position. If there are three empty urinals, it's unacceptable for you to take the middle one. You're putting the next guy in a very awkward position. My second unacceptable has probably been said before. I was in the gym locker room, and this old Asian dude is walking around butt naked. Bad enough, right? But but what really pissed me off is that he had a full-size towel draped around his neck like he just decided not to use it. Cover that shit up. <laughs> Uh, For my sake, please. P.S. Let's bring the New Year's Eve Four Horsemen event into reality. Uh, Well, I could tell you this. Uh, It looks like the Four Horsemen will be uniting in Los Angeles on New Year's Eve uh, together. It's going to be crazy. Um, It will be uh, Jason Lawhead, myself, Joe Bartnick, Bill Burr, all together, all performing on the same show. It's going to be, it's going to be, I'm not kidding. Like we were talking, Lawhead's in town and we were talking about it last night and it's going to be crazy. It really is going to be, uh, it's going to be pr- pretty cool, man, to, to, you know, be with, you know, some of your closest friends and all be out there for New Year's Eve We're going to have family out there with us, you know, we're going to have, it's going to be a great, it's just going to be a great family thing with friends, and then um, the next day, we will um, all go to the Rose Bowl, and they've been going to the Rose Bowl about seven years in a row now, I think, and this will be my first time, because that's kind of their West Coast thing, and, uh, you know, I'm obviously in New York, and all those guys live out in California, so this will be the first time that I get to do that with them, and... You know we're excited about that, and you know so it's just gonna be a it's gonna be a great time, and I, I cannot wait to perform on New Year's Eve on the West Coast. You know in the West Coast, it's gonna be um, something I'm really looking forward to because I've talked so long about it. You know, like I want to be on, I want to be out west one time for New Year's. You know, don't get me wrong. There's no place like New York. There's no place like the East Coast, and I'm an East Coast guy. I think everybody that knows me, you know, knows that. I'm an East Coast guy. I love it out here. I love, I love, I love what the East Coast gives, but there are times where I, li- I, love, <laughs> I love my West Coast in spurts, and uh, those spurts are really a lot of fun, and I have a great time out there. I could only imagine what it's going to be like on New Year's. You know, Lawhead's not drinking until then, which means it's going to be an absolute shit show. Um, and Bartnick will drink until then, <laughs> and then continue to. Um, so, what do you need, bud? Water. Okay. You grab, yeah, just grab a, grab a thing there. That's my son, uh, Lucas. Lucas, you want to talk for a second? What do you want to talk about? No, we're not talking about that. Go get a drink and I'll be in there when I'm done. All right, what are you watching? You watching Scooby-Doo? No, Wonder Pet. Wonder Pet stinks, doesn't it? No. All right, go go get yourself a drink. <laughs> stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Tell you want to go to the movies. Tell everybody that you want to go to the movies. I'm going to movies. What do you want to see? Shaun the Sheep. Shaun the Sheep. All right, go get go get something to drink. Uh, sorry, this this podcast like this one is all over the place because I got half of it in a green room, the other half is in the privacy, you know, of my office, and then I got, uh, you know, kids running around, Um, but yes, so to answer your question, Corey, we're going to be out there uh, on New Year's, this one is from Lauren, and Lauren says, saw you with old... Billy Freckles in Boston and have been listening since. Really love it. Well, thank you very much, Lauren. I'm glad you jumped aboard. Uh, I don't know what's worse. People resting their sweaty, greasy faces against a window or this chick rubbing her pedicured, ath- <laughs> pedicured athlete's feet all over it. TSA should scan for animals. Uh, thanks, Lauren Tierney. Manchester. Hold on, let's see here. Oh, yeah. And then she sent a picture of bare feet up against. Yeah, you know what? You're right. That is unacceptable because then the next person that sits on this seat on the plane, if they do rest any part of their body or head on the window, they got the bottom of the 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 remnants of the bottom of this chick's feet. I'm with you. That's that's not cool at all. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Lauren. And I'm glad uh, I'm glad you like the show. I'm glad you're uh, listening now. Okay, this is from, let's see here, this is from Jake Mancini, and he sent me an article and it says, this poor woman falls on the ground in a full seizure and these animals step over her seizing body... To try to get an autograph. I keep thinking this could have been my mother. Absolutely sickening. Fuck the cages. We need to gather these animals in a commercial fishing net and drop them in the Hudson. All right, so this is... uh, Let me see this here. That, That looks brutal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so they were trying to get autographs from Odell Beckham Jr. and the Giants, and some lady was like... Body was like seizing on the... On the ground. That's brutal. That is that is really unacceptable, and just people are just like uh, handing footballs over this woman's body while she's on the ground. That is, yeah, that's a great one, Jake. Thank you so much um, for that, and thank you guys for the uh, unacceptables on email. Now I will go to Twitter and, uh, and Lucas, stop it. My son, my son just went. <laughs> My son just ran by. I wanted to scream "poop" into the microphone, um, but let's let's go to Twitter. All right, here we go. And again, guys, that email address for unacceptables. I know a lot of people are asking me on Twitter too. It is unacceptables for tve at gmail.com. Unacceptables for tve uh, at gmail. Okay. Let's get into some of your Twitter ones. This is from Mitch Cumstein at Ryan Johansson 7 uh, That's hilarious. He says, that guy Kelly Myers must spend a lot of money on pants and underwear shitting himself so much. Hashtag IBS. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag animal. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of feedback about these shit stories. Um, between Myers and Innocent, it it was like, you know, it's just, I, I, I was literally, I was genuinely crying of laughter, how funny I thought, how funny I thought they were. Alright, this is from, um, Maxic, it's at Max, and then, uh, O-S-T-R-O-W-S-K-I-1. People playing video games slash Snapchats, um in a quite public setting, for everyone to hear, no one wants to hear that bullshit, hashtag unacceptable, yeah, I, oh man, it was another one, thank you for the, um, submission, Max, yeah, and you're right, I don't like when people, I don't like when people do any kind of, like, you know, FaceTiming, like, loud video games, even music in public, it's really, it's really, it's an insecurity issue that they have and it annoys me. I was in Starbucks again because I'm i addicted to this lime drink at Starbucks. I'm addicted to it. I don't get it like well, I'm addicted to it. I will go to Starbucks and get that cool lime refresher every day. It's crazy. And the way I get it with extra water but still a hint of whatever the fuck. That, it's cra- It's crazy. It's a crazy drink. It's awesome. And every time, I don't care where I am. If I see a Starbucks, I'm going in and getting it, and I get the big one. I get the 30 ounce because it's literally like water that has like a hint of this lime, but it's it's crazy. So anyway, um, the ladies back there, this girl, she shouldn't even call her a lady. She's like a fucking ten year old. This girl back there who's probably no more than 19 years old, and she's going, "Oh my god!" So I just said a joke while I'm making the drink, and she's she's saying this while people are online. Like there's people there, like online and shit like waiting for the waiting. And she's like, yeah, I did that joke. Oh my God. Did anybody, did nobody even heard that or got that joke? I guess I'm just talking to myself. Sometimes you do that. You just like talk to yourself. I'm having a great time. I'm enjoying myself anyways. So, and she's like talking like that. I'm looking at her and people looking. at her. I'm like, is this, is this bitch serious right now? Seriously, people are waiting for coffee. Do you know what that means? When you're waiting for coffee, that means you're not awake yet. Okay, when you're waiting for coffee or you're waiting for a drink that has caffeine, that means you need a pick me up. So, the last thing you want to hear when you need a pick me up is some chick just talking to herself, thinking she's funny. Brutal. Anything out loud that somebody does just drives me nuts. This next one is from uh, Jessica Freetag. Freetag. I'm sorry. I hope I I got that right, uh, Jessica. And it's at Jessica FREI. T-A-G-1, pee on the back of my toilet seat, and then, uh, (laughs) oh, that started out weird, like, pee on the back, I was just like, shit, Jessica's going in, pee on the back of the toilet seat, and a legit log, oh, and a legit log on the floor, in the woman's restroom at my work, hashtag unacceptable, hashtag Cajun, hashtag ew, capital E-W-W-W, absolutely Jessica, that is brutal, and I don't care if this sounds sexist ladies, that should not be in the ladies room, okay, you cannot have a log of shit just hanging in the ladies room like that, that's crazy. Or at least if it's some dude, you're like, ah, oh, dudes are nasty, some whatever, boys will be boys, a guy thought it was funny, a woman, come on, and I know there's some feminists listening right now going, oh my god, what, I can't shit on the floor? <laughs> I Wait a minute, I can't shit, like, me and my friends, we can't shit on the, no, you can't, alright? You're a future mother, for Christ's sake. I always look at it like that, you know, look at what you can tell your kids, you know, Let's say this. I know, ladies. I know half of you are pissed at me. Here's the thing. Guess what? I don't give a fuck. Listen, here's the thing. If you're a dad and you're hanging out with your son and you're fishing, right? <laughs> you guys are just having a great conversation, right? And you're just like, oh, you know, daddy, I, I, I poop my pants or something. And you start laughing. And your dad goes, hey, I got to tell you something. Yeah, one time me and your uncle were in the bathroom and I, he made me laugh I didn't get to the bathroom And a big piece of poop Popped out Of dad's butt And it was on the floor And we thought it'd be funny Blah 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 And everybody laughs And it's a joke And it's kind of gross But it's like Ah that's dad it's a, You know kid. I mean A mother cannot be With her daughter And be like Let me tell you something Sweetheart Yeah well Me and your aunt Susan We used to shit in restrooms And just leave it on the floor <laughs> uh, uh, That is gross Thank you for the submission Jessica Okay, this is from Dan at D Naylor, underscores designs. He says, we're going to get a funny bone in Albany, New York. When are you coming up? Bring some cages. Yeah, Albany Albany can be cage worthy, but nothing is like Syracuse. Syracuse is one of the lowest places. I'm not even trying to be rude. If you live in Syracuse, I appreciate you when you came out to my show and I appreciate you if you're listening to this and you're from Syracuse. But everybody who pretty much is listening to this from Syracuse was the one telling me how nasty it is and agrees with me. But Syracuse has some of the lowest people and some of just the lowest elements in the world. Um, here we go. This is from uh, Jose Marie Zafra at Jose Marie Zafra. Uh, Oh, no, just finished TVE219, and I have to correct you. Los Angeles, born and raised. L.A. is best, not New York. Hashtag unacceptable. LOL, love you. Well, dude, thank you for listening, and I know that you've submitted a bunch of things before, and I can't hate on L.A. You know, I just gotta be a little biased with New York. But, hey, I'll be there for New Year's, and uh, I get it. I get it. You know, people who live out in L.A., some people just love it. They fall in love. They're like, I'm never coming to the East Coast. You know, but there's only so much sun and burritos I can handle, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I love the rain. I love the snow. I love the cold. I love the fall. I love the leaves. I love the seasons. I do. I just love the whole thing. You can rock different outfits. You know, you got to get a pair of, like, you know, certain color Air Max. Get, you know, get a certain pair of Jordans to match with the hoodie in the fall, I mean, it's just so cool, you know, out there, I mean, you just, I mean, you get accustomed to flip-flops and, you know, but whatever, I still, don't get me wrong, I smoke some weed out there sometimes, all right, this one is from Wiz Dome at Domino Effect 97, guy walks into a restaurant with no shirt on, unacceptable, you don't deserve service. I agree. Thank you for the submission. If you walk into any kind of establishment to eat with no shirt on, the only place that that is acceptable. There's one place and one place only, and it's on a boardwalk outside on the beach in like 90-something degree weather if you're just going to get like fucking salted fries or something like that on a boardwalk. And it should probably be in Jersey because that fits the outfits that those animals wear down there. Okay, what else do we have here? We got a couple more. Um... This is from... Uh, oh, here he is. There's another one from uh, Mitch Kumstein. Mitch Kumstein. Uh, at Ryan Johanna, uh, Johansson 7. Unacceptable. My wife made a single Poland spring water bottle of lemonade instead of making a two-quart mix. Lazy, I'm married to this animal. <laughs> I can't blame her on that one, Mitch. Sometimes when you need your lemonade, you're not thinking about other people. I'm a lemonade guy. I used to be an iced tea guy. I've, I've, I've moved over to, to lemonade. I don't know who the dark side is. I don't know who the good guy or the bad guy is. That's a good question. If there was a good guy or bad guy between lemonade and iced tea, who's the bad guy? You know? You could say lemonade's the bad guy because it's more sugar because you could have iced tea unsweetened. Or you could say lemonade is more summery and light and it's the good guy and iced tea is, is the bad guy. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about right now, but I, all I know is I get lazy and I like to make myself. Like I've actually done that and my wife gets pissed where I'll just grab a glass out of the cabinet, pour a little bit of powder in it and make my own drink. If that makes me a dick, so be it. But it is unacceptable to you the way it was unacceptable to my wife. And thank you for the submission. Oh, these are good. These are good and different ones. Uh, okay. This is from Kyle uh, Stalagini. Hold on. This is, I got to, I got to, I'm sorry, Kyle. This is, this last name is Italian to another level. Um, Santol. <laughs> all right, we got a soundbite. Kyle Genie. I think I said it right. Carlos Santel and Jeannie. Uh, uh, Complex, okay, I got you. So why is it always Florida? Uh, Unacceptable. It is always Florida. It is always Florida. These people will kill family members. These people will fuck alligators. These people are Animals. Florida, here's my three worst states as far as animals. Uh, Florida has absolute animals. Pennsylvania, animals. Jersey, animals. And there are parts of upstate New York, western New York, animals. Um, I mean, every place has their animals, but Florida is just, I mean... It's just I don't know what about Florida. Just make somebody go. Yeah, I think I'm gonna hack up two family members today and just fucking. You know, I'm gonna fuck a, I'm gonna fuck a sea turtle or something. I don't. And I'm just like what? Thank you for the submission. Okay, let's <laughs> let's see what else we have here. We might be almost done soon. Uh, today, well, today's a This is from uh, Derek Morin at Derek underscore uh, Morin M O R I N. 100% unacceptable, but I bet there will be some fat animals that park here, even though they are not veterans. And it says parking... Uh, he sent me a sign that says parking reserved for military veterans. And, uh, yeah, of course there's going to be somebody that parks there. Thank you for the submission. Shout out, as always, to the soldiers on the show uh, who listen to the show. Um, okay. Let's see. I think... Oh, here we go. This is from uh, Base Since 94 at sick underscore FVM. That's uh, at sick, regular sick, underscore FVM. And he sent a picture to, um, oh my God, people walking in the city. This is gross. People walking in the city with bare feet, like walking on gum and there's trash in the street. It looks like they're just walking on like a fucking New York City filled street with like garbage and they're just barefoot. Oh my God. Brutal. Barefoot will always win. As far as unacceptables, you just can't be barefoot. Again, the beach. That's really the one place you can act like an animal is the beach. Because you're half naked anyway. All you could really eat is like french fries, you know, fucking chicken fingers or something awful for you. You know, you could kind of sit there drinking public with your fat, dirty, sandy feet up. It, it, and it's almost like, ah, like it's the one place you could just walk around, you know. Guys just scratching their ass, fucking, you know what I mean, just guts out. Just, you know what I mean, and everyone's like, hey, what's going on, you know. Nobody really cares there. Alright. Any more? Do we have any more Unacceptables after that? Um, This is from Alex uh, Benny at A-B-A-N-Y A-S-Z 23 Um, And he said this which I love. Again, it's about the shit story. Kelly Meyer Listening to Paul Verzi read a Kelly Meyer story while at work and laughing loud enough for the whole office to hear unacceptable. Good, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did, because I was, I was... It deserves that. This is from Justin Pittman at Justin T. Pittman. That's with two Ts. At Paul Verzi, a seagull just flew away with my sandwich. Unacceptable. Dude, you sure it was a seagull or a fucking... Pterodactyl? How? What kind? What kind of? What do you eat? Small sandwiches? Dude, I've seen seagulls before. Like, I mean, you're obviously not getting like a wedge or like a sub. How hilarious would that be if you just looked up and you saw a seagull just rocking a foot long? Just (laughs) you just saw it, like having to like extra struggle winging it, like their wings are just like they're just throwing the wings real hard, just because. It's just that much resistance because it's just baloney and salami and all this shit hanging out of it. That's funny. That is unacceptable. That is great, though. It's unacceptable for you to have a sandwich that small, Justin. There's no way. A man's sandwich should never be able to be flown away with by a bird. I mean, I know eagles... Like, listen, if an eagle came down or a hawk came down with its talons and took it, you know and flew away that's different because they could lift up like cats they could lift up like raccoons I get that but a seagull a seagull I don't think is strong enough to do that if it's a sandwich of of any kind of mass but that is very funny thank you Um, this is from Carter uh, Pembridge people who chew with their mouth open yeah that's a given. That's something you got to learn from, uh, and that's at Carter75, all written out. Uh, yeah, that's a given. You gotta. That's something that you got to, you know, definitely, you know, that's something you got to teach your kids. But that is, that is the end of it, uh, of the Unacceptables. Thank you guys so much. Again, send them to Unacceptables for TVE. This is uh, episode 220, it might say 220 part 1, but it is not part 1, it is just 220, 221 will be next week. Um, This is probably going to end up coming out on Friday, but it was recorded uh, not too late on Thursday, you know, it'll be back to Wednesdays, but I figured since the last couple have been Thursday or Friday, I wanted to keep it within a week, but I do eventually want to get back to Wednesday, so that's why... Um, I did this one on Thursday, but it's coming out on Friday, but it will be a quick turnaround and we will be back to, uh, Wednesdays. All right. Sports, what's going on in sports? The Yankees are crushing it and now I'm starting to get interested because every time I look up, like I'm not even watching it, but so I, so here's what I do. Every four years I buy a new Yankee hat. I got it. You know, my old Yankee hat just got, you know, just after four years or three years, like, and I like a new fresh hat. Got to be fresh, especially with the Yankee logo being classic with the bright white NY and the dark navy blue. It's crazy. It's crazy. So I got a new one. actually got a new one in Harlem after I survived that uh, TV shoot that I did. I got. I was like, you know what? I'm going to celebrate this by buying myself a fucking $35 Yankee hat. And But I wear the hat. But I'm more of like, I'm not into baseball as much anymore. You know, I just love rocking a fresh cap. And people are like, yeah, Yanks, man, good looking out. Like this one guy saw me had like pinstripe shirt on. He's like, yeah, way to rep, way to rep. I'm just like, yeah, dude, I really, I'm, I'm wearing the hat because it matches the outfit or whatever. A Yankee hat's actually university, it goes with anything. But you know, but I will say, every time I'm looking up now, if I do see Sports Center, if I do look up, and like if I'm at a bar or a restaurant and I look up, the Yankees are just constantly winning. And it's getting exciting. So, um, and I think me and Giannis want to go with our uh with our lady friends to a Yankee game soon and just sit there. Giannis loves it. Giannis could just sit there and just like eat peanuts or popcorn and just literally just sit there and watch the field in the game, and it's just so relaxing to him. Me, I'm just I'm so like I'm I love sports so much, but I I, I gotta be honest, I think I'm going to have to get older to really like be able to sit and have the patience for baseball like I used to and then it went away and now like football and basketball being fast paced. Like I feel like baseball is when I'm older and I'm just sitting home and you just look forward to the Yankee game every night because you're just like, you know, time's passing. I, right now I'm just not into it. I'm just not into it right now. And hopefully I will get back into it. Um, did we talk about the Ronda Rousey fight? that Ronda Rousey is crazy, I think I, yeah, I talked about it last time, but like, the shit she talks, and the way she remembers, like, that's what I find amazing about her, like, all these things after the fight that she's saying, like, these, these, like, she, like, remembers, like, she'll hold a grudge for years, and then, like, get her revenge, it's pretty impressive that she'll, like, you know like for example that chick was saying to her don't cry don't cry don't cry I'm going to I'm going to beat you up and don't cry. And then like she comes into one of the biggest fights of her life going against another undefeated person, hits her in the temple. The chick drops like a sack of potatoes and I don't even sa- I don't even know if sack of potatoes is the right word there but you know what I mean or the right saying. But she just knocks this chick out, and then, like, is going nuts, and she's all excited. And then she just remembered, oh, yeah, don't cry. Like, I would have just been running around like a madman, jumped over the fucking railing, went crazy. And, like, she's, like, remembering this shit. And she trains so hard, she's, uh yeah, I don't know. I uh, The more I see her, the more I like her. Uh, basketball is... Uh, kind of died down now with the draft picks. Everybody's kind of settled, so you're not going to hear anything for a little while. What you are hearing a lot of is the NFL will be back in four and a half weeks. I am psyched. Actually, four weeks. I think. I think four week. We are four weeks away from NFL football, which is it's it's almost like you're. It's so ha- football is so good that you just it's you people it just changes everything. October is the shit because October you have. Um, September's great because football starts, but then once October comes, you got like World Series baseball, you got the NBA gearing up to start their season, NFL is like, you know, five, six games in, so the fall is about to be awesome. I just think that, um, I just think now with the exciting things going on with New York sports, because it's been tough in New York for a while, and I know people don't want to hear it, and they think we're spoiled, but the Knicks have sucked, and they haven't won since 73, And, you know, the Giants uh, with all these injuries and a guy blowing off his hand with fireworks and shit. I just, I'm curious to see Eli. I want to see Eli. That's the other thing. People have shit on this guy and not give Eli enough credit. So I just want to see him go on one more run just to shut down. I don't, I'm not sold on this Eli guy. I'm just not. I don't know why, I'm just, this guy is not, yeah, this guy is just, yeah, this guy's just won two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs against the, the, the Patriots, and one year, which when they were undefeated, yeah, and I don't know what this guy's doing, this guy's ball floats a little high, doesn't it? This guy throws a lot of picks, this guy, I don't know, this guy Eli throws a lot of picks, and he's really inconsistent in the regular season, you know where he's not consistent, you fucking dopes, he's, he's not, he's not inconsistent in the playoffs, you dummies, Yeah, he's not inconsistent when he goes into fucking four-degree weather in an NFC Championship game in Green Bay and wins the damn thing. He's not inconsistent when he goes to Dallas and he's down 14 nothing, and he throws a touchdown right before the half is over to Imani Toomer and then they come out on fire and they win that game. He wasn't inconsistent then, was he? No, he wasn't. He wasn't inconsistent when he threw less picks in the playoffs than his older brother, who's considered one of the greatest passers ever. He's, he's amazing, you dummies, and he's not going to be there anymore. Not to mention the guy hasn't gotten hurt. I'm going to keep repeating myself with this guy. I don't care. I don't care because I'm getting more people listening. I'm getting more fans and friends and people listening to this fucking thing. People starting to hear about the Verzi effect. They don't know me, and they need to know that I'm pissed off that Eli Manning doesn't get the respect that he deserves. It's ridiculous. Why, because he's got a doofy face? Okay, alright, I don't watch football to look at guys' nice faces. Who are these people going, yeah, look at his face, I just don't like his face. So what? He's not going to suck your dick. He's going to throw a football to a guy who's really good at catching it. That's what he's going to do. You dummies. Hey, I don't like his face. I just I don't like his demeanor. I, I, I just like, That is such a douchey, dumb jock thing to say. I don't give a shit if he took his helmet off and he was a fucking Muppet. I, <laughs> I don't care what he is. I don't, I don't care if he took his helmet off and he looked like fucking Kermit the Frog under there. If he's throwing touchdowns on the Giants and winning Super Bowls, that's all I give a shit about. I don't care about anything else. I like that guy's face. I like the guy's teeth. The guy looks like a dope. The guy looks dumb. So what? What, do you want to have sex with him? Alright, so that's it for sports. Sorry, I got a little carried away. I got a little... I got a little crazy, guys. Uh, I did not... Did I see a movie? No. Did I see... No. I did not see a movie. But I'm hearing good things about The Gift that's out in theaters tonight, which I might want to see. And um, I'm hearing good things about... uh, What is it? No, I didn't see Southpaw. I didn't see anything, really. I didn't see Trainwreck. I didn't see Southpaw. I didn't see The Gift, which comes out tonight. So how could I have? But... I'm going to definitely see a movie and review it for you guys. Uh, That's it. That's it. This has been an hour and 26 minutes. You had two parts to this. Rachel uh, Feinstein. And uh, and then we went into a regular TVE. This is a long one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I had fun with it. Um, Please go to gonzofame.com for the best interviews of comedians that you love of today. Great comedians. Go to Brookings Mediation if you're going through something where you need uh, you know, help. If you can't afford a lawyer and you want something quick and easy, uh, John Burton at Brookings Mediation could help you. I'm not saying that. I'm not just saying that. Wherever you are in the country, you owe it to yourself if you're going through debt, bankruptcy, divorce. Before you spend money on big lawyers, before you do that, talk to this guy, John. He's been doing this for 27 years. He's saving people boatloads of money and resolving things without going the legal course. It does happen. It's happening. It's an amazing option that a lot of people do not know that they have. Call him at 877-415-7770. Go to brookingsmediation.com and tell him that TVE sent you. you get 30% off the services. You got to check it out. It's saving people a lot of money and I'm very happy to have them aboard. All right. Why wouldn't somebody do that? Like, I don't understand why, why wouldn't you call up a service? Like if I'm offering a service on my show and I'm telling you, it will save you so much money. It will, it, it has saved people money and aggravation and things have been done. Why wouldn't you? You want to know why? Because society has scared you people. Oh my God, I got debt. I just got to get a lawyer. I got to do this. Oh my God, bankruptcy. Let me call a bankruptcy lawyer. No mediation company. Check it out. Brookings Mediation. 30% off from TVE. You like a funny comedian, you want to read about him? GonzoFame.com. I'm giving you guys good sponsors. Go to it, you fucking dopes. All right, everybody. That's the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. This is episode 220. I want to thank my special guest, Rachel Feinstein, for being on the show. Check her out. She's working on a new uh, hour that she's putting out. She's got a lot of stuff in the works. Very funny. Sweetheart. Hilarious. Um... I have a cool announcement that I'll announce next week, um, and the uh, by the way, the album will be ready before September. I am told we are right now actually in negotiations of where it's going to land, and once it's landed, we will post it up, and it'll be available on Amazon and iTunes and all that stuff. Okay, um, check me out, paulverzi.com, at Paul Verzi on Twitter. Until episode 221, I'm out of here. Take care.